as possibly bleak as this. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to episode three of Box to Box. Uh, what a week it has been. We have so much to talk about in this episode, and we are excited to get going. As always, I'm joined here with Max. <laughs> and Thomas. Yeah. Um, so we have, like I said, so much to talk about this week, but... We're going to get started quickly talking about Chelsea and Villarreal today in the Super Cup final where Chelsea came away victorious. Uh, pretty good game, exciting. Um, personally, I wish Chelsea got a couple more goals in there, but a little down to the wire. Um, but still a good game, still good to see start off the season with some silverware. Yeah, I agree. I, I find it hilarious when they celebrate the Super Cup as if they I won know. the Champions League. Like that's it, it's not a tournament. You got there by winning a game. <laughs> there was no like full like season long tournament. But I guess it, it was still a pretty hype game, and you're playing like Villarreal, who's like competing, trying to prove their worth or trying to prove that they're better than the champions of Europe. But cool game. I liked I liked seeing uh, what's his name, Trevor Chalaba. In that right center back role, Rang Chalaba. Rang Chalaba. I thought he was really athletic and really like incredibly, like really good defender. But he kept on just like making it hard for himself. He would like get into like poor positions and then make up with it with like a crazy tackle. It was very entertaining to watch. Um, but yeah, any any thoughts, Max? I don't know. I mean, going back to the the Super League thing, I love the idea of the Super League. I think it's interesting that. Um, the European champion or the uh, Europa League champion plays the Champions League. I mean, I think they should do something similar where the Euro Cup winner plays like the Copa America Cup winner. Like yeah. we can see like a, a Italy versus Argentina game. Like that'd be crazy. That's what the fans want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's like the the Club World Cup. Um, that's always just kind of you get crazy games that you never really see. So it is pretty interesting. But I think that's why kind of we all love these. Tournaments Kingress, in general. Bayern. Exactly. Yeah. Chicago Fire versus Munchen Gladbach. I, actually, a little, you know, a little out of our wheelhouse, but I saw Tigris lost to uh, Seattle Sounders 3 0 today. So if anyone was interested, yeah. <laughs> Should get um, into that. Let's yeah, go. Maybe. Petition to put the MLS in the Champions League. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We'll get a following on. How do you like the game? Me? I thought it was pretty. Um, good game. I thought Ziyech looked spectacular in the first yeah. half. He was playing out of his mind, and it's really a shame that he got injured. I don't, not sure if what it was. Obviously, something with his arm. So hopefully, that's not long term because he was has been playing so well this preseason and really showed his stuff today with that goal, but also some great balls in, um, some great forward play. I also thought I really liked the way, and we're going to talk about tactics later in this episode, but. I really liked the way the wingbacks were working. And most of the time, they were higher up than the two kind of roaming cams, um, which really kept the ball in Villarreal's half. Um, We did a lot of pressing. Callum looked great off the right. 
um, looked very dangerous. And so I think, unfortunately, um, <clears throat> it was very similar to a lot of other games under Tuchel in that all the chances were there, but not many goals. Yeah. I thought the wingbacks were the he chose Calum Hudson Adoy and Marcus Alonso, who are not gonna defend, but he knew like Villarreal was at times playing like six in the back. It was ridiculous. They would play a four four in the back that were like tight, and then the outside mids were essentially like wing backs, like back there. It was ridiculous. But he knew that 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 was their game plan going in. And honestly, it that's where we got our chances in the first half is like we would switch the ball to Hudson Doy or Alonzo and they would get a quick cross in. We couldn't get it, get those in because we need Lukaku in there. Right. But it also kind of screwed us over in the second half. That's where a lot of their chances came from because we had no wingbacks. We had like three defenders. Yeah. I mean, I just watched the extended highlights because I was at work. Um, but I did see Alonzo had, like, a crazy good first half. He created a lot of chances. Um, I mean, we know that he can't defend, so um, that's why they have him in there. Yeah, left wing Alonzo. Yeah, no, he's a striker. <laughs> um, okay, well, with all that talk of potential moved missed chances, uh, we're going to move into our first segment, which is just quick thoughts. And so we're going to just give a little recap on this week and what a week it has been. Um, we'll start off with Big Rom himself. Tommy, what do you think about Lukaku coming in? Woo! I'm excited. Yes, sir. Yeah. Third best strike in the league or in the world right now. Um, I think. I Behind who? I go, like Lewandowski and Benzema, maybe Kane. Mm-hmm. They, they're all like up there. They're all pretty similar at this point. He probably had come, coming off one of the best, better seasons of his career. Um, yeah, I'm excited. I've I've been following all the the Fabrizio Romano. He's in the hotel. He's on the plane. He's landed on the plane. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know. Got to um, keep up to date with that stuff. <laughs> but I am so excited to put him in the squad. I'll talk later about what I think is going to happen. I think it'll be a great fit. Yeah, tactical nightmare for Tuchel to try to get all these players in, but it's going to be huge to have Lukaku up there. Um Guy is a monster. Um, we know he scores goals, and we know he will score goals with Chelsea. Um, so I'm pretty pretty excited for him to get going on that. Uh, Max, do you have anything to, on Lukaku? Yeah, I mean, just playing the other side here for a second, I do think it is a lot of money, obviously, yeah. a lot of money for someone that is approaching 30. I mean, I think he's 28 now. Um, so he is right in his prime, and we've seen you know players like Ronaldo, um, Messi, Lewandowski play, you know, at their peak until like their early thirties. Um, so maybe it's not something to be too concerned about. But he's a physical guy, and I think with physical guys like that, um, they often reach their peak and decline much earlier than a non-physical player and a more technical player. So I think that is something to look out for. Um, but yeah, I love the signing. Yeah, I think that is, I mean, it is a fuck ton of money. Um, but I was thinking if they can get, um, you know, 20 goals a season out of them. And I think the difference, Max, I agree with what you're saying, but I think the difference with Chelsea versus Inter is that we had so many chances last year. Not that Inter didn't, but we had so many chances that were just weren't unfinished. And so if we can kind of keep that up and Lukaku can 
you know, be that point man and play a role that Giroud did. Um, and Giroud is obviously older, but still scored a lot of goals. If you can play that role and just push it to the next level, um, I think that'll be that'll be huge. And so I'm hoping that, uh, although he is a obviously very physical guy, I'm hoping that we can hold on to him for four years or however long his contract is going to be pretty reliably um, because all he has to do is score the goal. He doesn't always have to set up the whole the whole goal himself. Right. Um, similar similar vein, though, moving forward. Tammy Abraham looks like he could be on his way to Roma or somewhere in Italy. Obviously, there were some Atalanta rumors as well. Um, you know, sad to see Tammy go, but it is probably for the better with Lukaku through the door. Yeah, 35 million is the rumor. And for that, I, like, I, I want to see Tammy play, get minutes, I want to see him in a Serie A squad that would like use him as a, a front man. I think he'll score a bunch of goals and have a lot of fun. He's going to miss out with the the banter on Instagram. He'll probably still have the banter on Instagram, but the boys are are going to miss him. Mountain, <laughs> that's an adoy. They're they're the the squad. I know it'll be sad, but yeah, I mean, I I love Tammy. I wanted Tammy to actually back up. Um, Lewandowski and I know Bayern now has Chupamoting for the for the next season again. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think Tammy Bayern needs a backup striker, especially a young striker like that. Um, and I think he'd get a lot of playing time. Leva sometimes at the end, like we're fortunate enough most games to have a lead. Um, and those are the times where you know Tammy would be able to play. Um, I think probably Bayern was not interested just because of the price um, that mm-hmm. they were asking. Um, so I, I understand, but I'm looking forward to seeing Tammy play in Italy. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping the best for him. Um, he'll be fun to watch and definitely think he can do something special out there. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we don't have another Lukaku situation where we end up buying Tammy for, <laughs> you know, I don't know, 200, 200 million and six years or something like that but we'll see you know if if that happens that'll be good for him so tammy will score 40 goals this year <laughs> that's tammy tammy to barca yeah, yeah speaking of that speaking um, of barcelona i know huge story um kind of a tragic way for Messi to end it seems um it's kind of too bad the way it played out but now he joins the super team PSG, who has just done phenomenal business um, and gotten every free transfer they can. Um, personally, my thoughts on it are I'm excited to see him at, in Paris. Um, you know, last year when he, there were rumors that he could step away from Barca, you know, I was kind of excited to see him in a different league to see what he can do um, and to kind of push his limits a little bit. Um, I do feel bad for him with the way that all the contract issues worked out. Um, and it seemed like he really didn't want to leave, which is unfortunate. So I feel for him there and for all the Barca fans. Um, however, from a non-Barcelona fan perspective and just a viewer, I'm pretty excited to see see him team back up with uh, Neymar. I think I'm going to yeah. finally watch some Liga. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think it won't it's... be competitive now. <laughs> like it was before. Right, right. I think it's hilarious that Pochettino went from like Della Della Ali and Los Also to like the most ridiculous team it requ- like acquired in the last twenty years. 
I've seen on Twitter just like people trying to fit every player, every good player on PSG, and it's like Di Maria at right mid, Hakimi at right center back. We're gonna we're gonna do it, all right? Messi, Messi. It'll work. Bop That's how I'm doing it on FIFA. It'll work. <laughs> That'd be yeah. almost ridiculous. Do you play with PSG on FIFA? Like, get out of here. Like, it's gonna be PSG versus PSG at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Handicap, <laughs> give me a three goal handicap. Hey, you know, what? I, got, I, got, I got no shame. I'll play against you using PSG. <laughs> <laughs> I got him. Um, nah. yeah, but I don't know. I mean, obviously, we're scratching the surface on this conversation, but very, very interesting time for, for Messi. Um, last, last little topic we're going to chat about, um, which was. Uh, at this point, seems like forever ago, but Jack Grealish to Manchester City um, for, I believe it was 115 million pounds, which is a lot. Um, I th- Personally, I think too much for, for Grealish. Um, I think they have so many stars already. I don't think they needed it. And I, personally, I don't think he's worth that. I agree. I mean, I think... I still stand behind the comment where it's, you know, it's not a player they need, but it's more they're buying him so no one else has him. And I think, unfortunately, that has become a reality with some of these teams that just have so much money. I mean, um, I mean, even Chelsea, like you could, you could fill a, another team with their whole yeah. bench and they could probably finish top 10 in the prem, mm-hmm. um, which is ridiculous. Um, but, you know, if you're that team, and you have that money, like, why not make that purchase? You know, Pep spent over a billion dollars now um, and has yet to win the Champions League. So <laughs> let's see if this year is any different. Doubt it. I think half of Grealish's value is the fact that he's like a young English guy. Boy. Everyone in Manchester, like, have you seen his calves? His calves <laughs> are ridiculous. Piss me off. He's just the pretty boy that it was like everyone's stoked about. He like during the Euros, um, like Foden was on the bench, and like a couple other youngsters were on the bench. Even San- Sancho was on the bench, and English supporters were chanting Grealish. They wanted Grealish on at like those critical right. moments, and it's just like this hype over around him. I don't think his skill meets that, but I think it's a as much of a. Not political, much of like a what's the word where you, they want to sell jerseys, they want to sell jerseys. Oh, they want to sell Grealish. I don't know jerseys. why I call that political, but uh, economic uh, move, it's an economic right. move, right. it's a long term move. Um, yeah, I mean, I think obviously he is a good player. We'll see if he's actually worth, worth that much money. Actually, I believe it was. Maybe 100 million pounds and 117 million euros is what the what the numbers were. But we'll see if he turns out to be worth that much. Obviously a good player, but I guess we can only wait and see. Um, so that wraps up our quick thoughts segment. And now we're going to move into a slightly more focused segment um, with a little bit more conversation regarding tactics. Uh, and this will be our main, main segment. And so, Max, why don't you kick us off and just talk a little bit about Bayern's tactics moving forward this, this season. Yeah. So before I, before I talk about the specific tactics, um, I want to just touch on what I'm looking for um, offensively wise um, for, for Bayern. 
Um, regarding Lewandowski, I have, no, I have nothing to say. Like, he just has to keep it up, like, just score goals. Again. Go talk. Yeah. Um, but I'm really looking towards the wingers this year. So, Serge Gnabry, uh, Kingsley Komen, Leroy Sané. Um, I would say besides Komen, Gnabry and Sané had pretty down years. Um, last year, Serge played 38 total matches in all competitions, 11 goals, 7 assists. It's not horrible, but the year before, in, in a similar amount of games, he had 23 goals, 14 assists. Mm. So that's just you, you take the goals and assists both in half. Um, yeah. Not not great. Obviously, that was their Champions League year, so he just played incredible. But definitely a step back for him. Um, and I obviously think he's a world-class player. He just needs to find that form again. Um, and Sané is kind of a similar story. I mean, I think he was still getting healthy all year just from that knee injury that kept him out for, like, almost over a year at City. Um, but... I think with a healthy summer this year, healthy healthy off season, um, he's hopefully going to come back to you know the form that we can see him at. Do you think that it's due to the players underperforming, or are they just not working well with the system that was um, flick system this year? Well, I think when it comes to Gnabry, I think it was just the system was the same under Hansi the year before. I think he just underperformed and I don't think the system changed at all. Um, but with Sané, I think that's, that's where I think the system did not really um, fit his style. And I think that they had the same problem with, um, with Pep at city. They played both played a high press and Sané just does not have the work rate for that. Do you think that'll change at all under Nagelsmann? Do you think he'll, switch up the system to better utilize them? It's it's tough because this is going to get a little bit into our Chelsea talk as well. Um, again, it depends on the type of system that Nagelsmann is going to put out. If they put out a 3-5-2 or a 3-4-1-2, I think that that does not really fit Bayern's personnel strength. I think their strengths are those wingers, even though they've been underperforming. But if they play like a three-five-two, that they don't have enough central players for that. They have a Muller, and then they have a Muziala that can play in the middle, and obviously a Goretzka and Kimmich. But I don't know. I think you'll struggle to find areas where you can put in the Kingsley Comans and the Leroy Sanes and the Serge Gnabrys because those are wing-type players, and they're not going to have wing-type positions. Did Gnabry play up top for? Germany over the summer? Yes. I'm trying I don't really remember how he played. Was it effective? Um not really. I mean it's it's not really his position, but Germany just does not have a real striker right now. I mean, no. other than Timo and, and Kai, kind of. Um Kevin Volland. Yeah, yeah. Awful player. <laughs> <laughs> Awful player. Yeah. Coming from um, the expert. But yeah, enough about the negatives. I think Coleman just really did have a strong year. Um, it's ridiculous. The guy's 25 years old and has 25 trophies, yeah. one champion, one Champions League, one World Cup, um, has won the league in three different leagues. Um, so I think he's really he in the past he's lacked that killer instinct in front of goal, 
where he just needs to shoot the ball instead of just like being timid or passing it over. Um, and I think in the last year, like he's really found that the guy has blistering speed. I mean, just like goes by these guys. Um, like it's like no one's business. He is like burnt out by the 70th minute, but like, then again, like I don't mind that because then someone like Leroy Sané can come in um, and then it's like the same player. So I think, um, I think it will be good to see those three in action again. Yeah, he definitely came into his own this season. And I think where Sané and Sané mostly, but also Gnabry somewhat fell off, he kind of stepped up and helped Bayern retain their, their form, definitely. Uh, Musiala as well. But it'll definitely be interesting to see because I don't think Bayern can really afford another season with that lackluster performance from Sané and Gnabry. Um, so definitely something to see looking forward. But and it'll also be interesting to see what Nagelsmann does if he takes your advice and plays these wingers in wing positions or if he tries to go for the Tuchel formation or also what Nagelsmann did at Leipzig. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because looking at a lot of the Leipzig games from last year, they played a lot through the middle. You know, they played a lot through like... Uh, either Nkuku or Tyler Adams, Sabitzer, um, and then their strikers were, you know, Yusef Polson and Timo Werner, actually, before that, but now Emil Forsberg. Have you seen those rumors about Sabitzer to Bayern? What do you think of that? It's interesting. I, I understand it just because I think Nagelsmann obviously wants him. It's a, it's a friendly face. Um, I think Byron is going to be moving on from Toliso. I think the last four years, it just hasn't panned out. He's had some injuries. Um, so they want to fill that other center mid spot. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how he's going to fit. I mean, you have a Muller and Muziala, which I feel like are the same center mid, center attacking mid player. Um, I don't, I'd rather put that money towards like a new wing back or a defender. Yeah, I think he... He's obviously a good player. I And, you know, a lot of times coaches bring over someone they like and are familiar with. Um, so it could be a little redundant. I always think of Sabitzer as playing a little bit deeper than Muller or Musiala. Um, and obviously Muller's getting up there. Um, but I don't know if Byron is looking at him as long-term signing or, or what the deal is. But um, I do agree. It does seem maybe not a little redundant, but not the right fit. And it does... The hinge is more on those those wingers finding their form. Right. Um, okay, so now moving on to the second half of our convo talk regarding tactics. Uh, Tommy's going to run us through some Chelsea notes. Let's run it through. All right, Lukaku <laughs> is coming, and we have to figure out what to do. Let me run through um, Lukaku's role at Inter. Um I would separate his role into two different parts. First, at Inter, he played the he dropped in a lot into the midfield to receive the ball, and he would use his strength to like have that hold up play and then pass it off to Latura, Martinez, or other mid- midfielders to to like progress the ball. That poses a few questions on how to um, implement that into Chelsea. Either when Lukaku comes in that's that's usually the role that either mount or kai are are in like dropping right. in to receive the ball so 
if Lukaku has that role, then Mount and Kai are moving up and try to receive and push the ball up. Are those two the best players to do so? I think Kai is. I don't know if Mount is. I think Mount wants to be in that role where he makes that turn and passes the ball out wide or up top. Um, also, that poses the question of Timo Werner. Is that the best? Should we do a two-striker strike force of Lukaku and Timo? Or Timo has the Latour Martinez role of running off Lukaku and progressing the ball. Um those are the questions. I think um, Tuchel, if he stays with his formation now, his his back three, his mid four are going to stay the same. The question is, who's going to be that top three? Who's going to be the, the right-hand and left-hand man behind Lukaku? Yeah, I mean, that's what I mentioned earlier. It's just we have so many attackers and under Lampard, more of those attackers were on the field at one time. I mean, you remember at one point he had the midfield of Mount, Conte and Havertz. So we had two now what are attacking cams playing in as like dual eights. Um, so with Tuchel in charge, there's less attackers on the field, which makes it harder for all those players to get game time. I think today it was great to see a little bit of rotation amongst those numbers, and I think that's where most of the subs are going to occur this season. You know, so Pulisic coming in, um, and Pulisic has also been playing a wing-back role, which is interesting to see. But, Tommy, I, just speaking on Lukaku, I agree with you um, that he's going to go sc- score goals, but he's also going to open up spaces for Timo and for Kai, who we know are good at making runs, especially Timo. So I think it adds a new dynamic because I think one thing that we struggled with last season is the similarity between all of our attackers. You know, Timo, Kai, Ziyech, Pulisic, Mount all play very similar roles. You know, they all are kind of wingers, can kind of play centrally, and they kind of all do the same thing. So to have Lukaku up there, who's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, adds a whole new dynamic to it, which is, um, you know, should should produce something or at, at least add a little bit of dynamic. Dynamicism to it? Is that a word? Let's we'll go count with it. it. We'll count it. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's roll it. Um, I think Lukaku is going to really benefit um, Timo Werner, my boy. Um, Timo, when he had that season where he just went off in the Bundesliga, he scored like 30 goals, but Timo was not the only striker up top. It was like really Yusef Polson was like the target man, and Timo could float around. Like Timo's not a pure striker. That's why it's never. It didn't work early for Chelsea and it didn't work early for, um, for Germany. You know, like you can't put him up there solo. He's almost like a Griezmann player. Like let him float around, let him make the runs in behind um, and let someone else be the target man. So like Lukaku can take numbers off of Timo, but Timo can also make those runs to free up Lukaku um, for like a breakaway. Um, so I think putting those two up top is, is really going to change um, Timo's season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's Timo's biggest strength is his unselfish runs where he mm-hmm. makes that run even though he's not going to score a goal and then frees up. He freed up Ziyech today. After four, like five different times where um, Timo made a run, had a nice through ball in, and then just like gave the ball up. I was getting so pissed off. And then the one time, our goal came from a Timo like unselfish run. And that's when like, that's his strength right there. 
Yeah, I think one thing that also will be interesting to see, um, and it, from what I've seen, it seems like most of these players on Chelsea are pretty comfortable in their role. And obviously they're all fighting for game time, which is great to see. But I do believe they're all pretty understanding and modest if they don't get the start right away because they know they'll get time later on. And maybe that's because most of them are young, so they're more understanding. Um, but I think it'll be great to have that kind of dynamic quality so we can play Ziek if we are looking for more crosses. We can play Timo if we're looking for more over-the-top runs. We can play Kai if we're looking for a more direct approach. Same with Mason Mount. So if those players can kind of all get their head wrapped around that ideology, it would be huge moving forward because we can really play to the weakness of the other team and really beat them where it hurts. Yeah, I think that's... I think Tuchel played multiple uh, systems at PSG. I think it was like a 4-2-2-2 and his like 3-4-3. So I think moving forward, that would be incredible if he has multiple options. If you, if, you, if you guys are willing, I might run through a few of them. All right? Let's see it. Let's see I have it. number one is Lukaku and Timo up top, or Timo or Kai, and then Mount as that cam roll. Mm-hmm. That's like that trio. Second is instead of those cams you just have Lukaku and two wingers that's kind of what we were playing today we had um Ziyech as was a winger and um yes like Kai Timo was up top and Kai was in that left wing that's how we scored our goal Kai went to that left wing Timo made the run and Ziyech was there Mm -hmm. we have more of a winger roles that could work as well um and then finally I think we could run a four, two, three, one with the system. I think the biggest, I like that. Yeah. The biggest reason um, Tuchel loves the three, four, three is the possession in the back. We just like, we can build up so slowly and we will always get the ball in the the final third, pretty much always. Um, And what Lukaku brings to that, that for the four, two, three, one is we have Lukaku as an option to play over the top. We don't really have a big physical player that we can like, if we're kind of tight in the back, we can, we have an out. We don't have that right now. Lukaku gives that to us, offers that as a, a, a role. And then if we have that, we have now four attackers instead of choosing between three. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and I, this may seem obvious, but, you know, the formation just completely changes the personnel that you want to use too. And a lot of the strength that I see with Chelsea is through their midfield. So Jorginho, Conte, Kai, Mount, and their wingers, you know, there's a reason maybe hudson Adoy has switched to a right-back role, um, whereas he, you know, historically has been a winger. Pulisic coming off the bench, he's a winger. If Bayern plays a system that Chelsea would play, I think it'd be really it would really hurt them because their strength is the winner. There is are their wingers. And that's not to say that Chelsea doesn't have strong wingers and that's why they go with the other formation, but I think they've committed to this formation and they have their wingers come off the bench just, you know, and super subs. Just for yeah, super subs. Yeah. Um and I, I think like, you know, Pulisic I think is incredible. He's good enough to start but because they don't play that formation that fits him, um, that's the reason he doesn't start most of the time. Yeah, I mean, and he's so good off the bench, as we know. Um, so I, I, I doubt he likes. I doubt he would like to hear that, Max. But I think that is um, that is consistent with what we're seeing on the field. Um, 
with that, we are going to wrap up our main segment and move on to our last segment called Long Shots, uh, where Max and I are going to give a little bit of a breakdown of some breakout stars of the season. And so I guess, you know what, Max, let's start us off and let's see your Bayern breakout star of the season. Bayern breakout star, Jamal Musiala. <laughs> uh, the guy is an absolute beast. Uh, he played in 26 games last year in the Bundesliga, um, but he actually only started seven of them. Um, yet he still ended the season with six goals and one assist. I think that's actually incredible considering he comes into these games in like the 75th, 80th minute anyways. Right. You know, it's not like he's coming in at halftime or, you know, maybe once or twice he'll come in in the 60th minute. But the guy comes in and just scores goals. He dribbles like the ball is attached to by like a string to his foot. And Hansi puts him at like, left wing, right wing, like right mid, left mid, like center mid, attacking mid, like striker. Like he's playing all these different positions. And I think they're still trying to figure out like what his best position is. Um, He definitely needs to bulk up a little bit. And I don't know if he has like the pure speed to play on the wing, Um, but I think hopefully he can overtake that Muller role um, in the future. But uh, I want to see him get more playing time this year. Um, hopefully break the 10 goal mark, which I think is, you know, super doable for him. Um, and, you know, considering he played with the German squad this summer and there's a bunch of Bayern players on there, um, hopefully they've developed that um, chemistry or continued to develop that chemistry. So 10 goals, let's say five assists, completely doable for Jamal. Um, but he is my breakout star for the season. Okay, I like to hear. I would love to see him strive. You know, it's always fun to see those young young players moving forward. Um, I think my pick is Kai Havertz, who I guess I don't know if we can consider him a breakout star of the season, since he obviously was here last season and put on a good show. But I think he didn't have the season that he wanted, and so I definitely think he's going to turn it around and turn up the heat. Uh, this season, I think with Lukaku, he'll play even better. Um, initially, I was kind of concerned. Okay, Lukaku's coming in. He's coming off 24 goals and 10 assists last season um, in Serie A. But even with that in mind, Lautaro was, was still able to get 17 goals and 10 assists. So there's obviously more goals on the field. And Lukaku isn't taking all of them. He's also creating options. And so I think Kai will really thrive with Lukaku on the field. Um, and I'm going to, my prediction is that he's going to get 16 goals and 12 assists in the Prem this season, which is obviously some pretty substantial numbers. But I think the way he's shown himself in preseason, the way he's shown himself at the end of the season, more confidence, more chemistry with players like Mason Mount, um, I think he can really turn it around and work well. God damn. That's 16 goals, you think? That's a lot. Yeah. I know it is. But I, I mean, I, I think all the pieces are falling there. It's just, you know, it's just going to be him following through. But I think all of the pieces of the puzzle are lining up for him. Yeah. Um, you think our, many of our goals were scattered around last season amongst a lot of players. But I think with Lukaku up top, there's going to be a more centered approach, um, more direct approach. And I think Kai will do well off that, you know, playing those little layoff balls. It will be interesting, actually. The one thing that could get in his way is the playing time of Timo Werner. 
um, if Timo kind of gets that second striker role over Kai. Um, so that could definitely get in his way. But I think one of them is going to pop off, per se, and I, I think I'm going to pick Havertz. I think uh, this is my prediction, is right. Lukaku and Werner start up top with, like, Mount, and then uh, Kai starts, like, on, on the bench, like, filling into those roles. Then Timo gets a lot of chances because of Lukaku's build-up play. And he <laughs> shanks half of them. He shanks all of them. And then we put Kai up there because Kai still has the speed. He, he's not Timo speed, but he has the, the right. speed to like beat most players. And he has the skill and he has the ability to score goals. And I think with that, we're going to try Kai as that like secondary striker. And I think it's going to work out. I think he's going to start scoring crazy amount of goals. Timo is that player on FIFA that you know, you just start out with Ultimate Team and you buy some bronze or silver player that's like 94 pace, 95 pace, but like 30 shooting. Zero finishing. And, and just black. Zero composure. The bar. Yeah. 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 yeah but, very frustrating to see him. But um, yeah, well, we'll see. Maybe I'll turn around. Maybe he'll get a little practice in over the preseason. But uh, hasn't scored, hasn't scored yet this preseason, I don't think. So let's hope that preseason's that not let's hope preseason's not like uh I mean Byron didn't win a preseason game. Like I think, <laughs> Byron's I think not Byron's won't, single game. <laughs> they won't win at all. <laughs> yeah, Byron I don't know. I mean like we don't Fonzi might be hurt. I mean Fonzi might not play for the first two weeks. He's coming back from an injury. Pavard is out for the next couple of weeks, I just heard today. So like who is playing in defense? Like, who, <laughs> who is defending for Byron? Muggles, like man. I wanna I want to see what this lineup is. I, I seriously think that we're going to see like a Serge Gnabry right wing back and a Fonzie yeah. left wing back. Like, I think that's what's going to happen this year. Um, Sule is going to be all three center backs. Sule is going to play. They're, they're working on cloning him, and it's going to be crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It'll, def- it'll definitely be interesting. Um, okay. With this one minute we have left, we're going to do a little bit of rapid, fu- rapid fire predicting for the games this weekend. Um, Max, I'll give you the, the mic to give your prediction for Bayern versus Gladbach for the score. 2-2. Two, two. Both two, goals two. by Lewandowski. All right. <laughs> straight, straight tie to start it off. Uh, Tommy, who do you have for Chelsea Palace? I think Chelsea will win. All right. Score. <laughs> Who's scoring? Um, I'm going to say Kai is going to score, and Mount's going to score, and Jorginho's going to score, and Zuma with a crazy... Um, run plus finish. All right. All right. So we're scoring we're, four. We're scoring four and they're scoring negative one. All right. All right. Um, I think I'm going to go with a little bit more moderate prediction. I'm going to say 2 1 Chelsea. And then I have who do I have scoring? I'll say Kai. And then I'm going to give. You know what, I'm going to give. You're going to give it to. We addition these out. I'm going to give Jorginho a goal penalty. Um, so Jorginho we'll see. 40 yard banger. Yeah, well, maybe that too. Um, all right. Well, that does it for episode three of Box to Box. Um, thank you all for joining us. It's been a load of fun. And we'll see you next week. Peace out, boys. Yeah. Go, Chelsea. Get <laughs> <Deadline. laughs>